Hi, it's episode 19. 19? Who'd have thought all those They weeks... never said we'd make it, did they? They said you'll get to episode 17, And you'll 18 be decommissioned. That's right. And you'll be taken off the podcasting <laughs> authorities. We'll take you down. Yes, you'll That's never get said. your second series recommissioned. That's true. We should, we should claim that the first 20 are a series... And Actually, then we can claim that we have been recommissioned by ourselves. <laughs> yes, we're happy to have recommissioned yeah. ourselves at, at, at competitive rates. <laughs> That's right. Yes. Nick, you have to take quite a pay cut. <laughs> yes, I had to, for, for the good of the corporation. That's right, yeah. Whereas I was being paid a lot less than you anyway. <laughs> well, of course, yeah. as you would expect. Um, today we, again, are not having alcoholic drinks after having two weeks' worth of plum brandy. Now, I'm having a nice cup of tea. A nice cup of tea. Which is appropriate, bearing, an oxymoron. In, bearing in mind this week's topic. What? What's? Oh yes, I've forgotten. It's just topic, isn't it? Yes. It's, why do we? Why do we English? English. Let's do this the whole way through. Why do we? Why are we English too ashamed to celebrate St George's Day with due dignity and respect? Properly. Properly. <laughs> That's the topic. Just the go- <laughs> Write that down, everybody. <laughs> Write it down, uh-huh. and then then get out your St George's cross. Yep. And go and beat up. I'm on a rooftop. On, yes. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> I'm having a cup of tea. Um, what do you call How are you not spilling that down your arm? It's called... Oh, it's spite- nearly gone. Nearly gone. Oh, you finished it already. It's called spiteful tea. Spiteful tea. That's right. I've forgotten <laughs> we called it spiteful tea. Because basically we had to differentiate between normal tea tea and herb teas. and Builder's tea. So um, I decided it was called spiteful tea because if you ever it's... drink it black, it's got that really tanniny... It is spiteful. <laughs> nastiness on Even your milk doesn't take away its spite. <laughs> yeah, so it's a nasty, a nice... spiteful thing. That's quite funny. Even at home now, we just call it that. So I say to Victoria, what, what, do you want a cup of tea? And say, yeah. So what, what do you want? Something herbal? Do you want spiteful tea? I have spiteful tea. <laughs> is that what it sounds like? Uh, it, a yeah, falsetto man. <laughs> yeah, and and do you know what? And do you know what? Also, um, when uh-huh. I was pregnant, she only mainly would drink um, decaf. So I say, do you want castrated spiteful? Oh, good, mm. excellent. Mm. You guys and your ways, mm. your pet names for each other. Mm. Actually, it's weird. We don't really. Do you not? No, you're not nearly twee enough. That's your problem. No, I bet you've got pet names no. for your significant others. No, not yet. Yes, Dexter. You, yeah. you call him Dexter. That's his name, Nick. It's, it's your pet's confused. name. It's my pet name. That's yes. It's a good point. It I call is. him mostly call him Monkey or Little One. Okay. So, yeah. I, I, I've I started to call Bocky, my parents' border collie, who's 14 now. Mm-hmm. I started calling him Boggins. Because it, <laughs> it seems appropriate <laughs> yes. compared to uh, people who listen to Adam and Joe will know why. Yeah. Does he uh, say, oh, I've done a, I've done a whoopsie. Oh, yeah, but it was quite I funny. He was, we took him for a walk the other day and he couldn't quite hear us. We were calling him and going, yeah. Boggins! <laughs> <laughs> I love you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, Boggins. Bocky's been 14 since I've known you, which is about 10, He was quite old years. when he first was. Yeah. Yeah, as, as my brother says. actually 14. Uh, as my brother says, he's immortal. All right, cool. Mm-hmm. Like, like Kerberos. He looks old now, though, in a, in a good way, like a distinguished gentleman. He looks like a distinguished gentleman. Like Sean Connery looks He looks old. like yeah. Sean Connery, he does. Yeah. He's got grey whiskers and so on. That's true. He's, he's a good he's old much, fur, His fur is much shorter, it's yeah. much more... He's a good chap. He's, he's a good, good old, good bean. He's a good bean, Bocky. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I was thinking about various things that I used to like, I used to hate, and I now yeah. like. I don't know the advice person. That's that's more of an interesting one. There are lots of things that we kind of like and then we go off. But what are the things that you implacably hated as a child? Olives of the cliche example. I used to really hate olives. I'm still waiting for my turn. We talked about this before, I know, but I'm no. still waiting for my turn I, to like olives. I really hated olives. 
I remember the Maybe moment because they taste horrible. I remember the moment when I started liking them. Yeah, actually, I really hated olives. I couldn't believe anybody would eat them, and I would be annoyed when I saw them and feel betrayed and mm-hmm. upset and so on. I had to pick some out of a panino the other day, and then one out of a panino, and then one day <laughs> I I went to I, 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 I was still in South Africa. I went to the fridge and I looked inside, and there was pretty much nothing in there except a jar of olives, mm-hmm. and I was really starvingly hungry. And I thought, look. Starving, were you? Yes. You were a starving child in Africa? Well, yes. <laughs> I was a starving child in Africa, and I thought, uh-huh. I thought I've really got to eat something, because I'm really hungry. I just gingerly took an olive, and I chewed mm-hmm. it. And I was so hungry that yep. the fact that it was sustenance... <laughs> what over, over, your parents really <laughs> I don't know why. Scraping your way around the house. <laughs> the fact that it was... Foraging for the survival. The fact that it was sustenance overtook my repulsion. Uh-huh. And I suddenly... What I did was... I thought, Ah, it was an interesting uh, feeling. Because it would stop, stop cuddling me. It was an interesting <laughs> feeling. I think we should snuggle if you record. I don't know if there's something wrong with that. In that, I suddenly realised... Come on, Nick, snuggle. Come on, no, come, I thought, come here. Come here, Nick. Come here. I still hate that. Come on, snuggle. I, I thought that part, that thing of it, which I hated, is actually the point of it. Mm-hmm. And that's what to like about it. I totally it. get it as well. I get that. So I that, that, that's I suddenly bittery, like bittery butteriness. Yeah. That's the point. It's not that which to be repelled by. Oh, it's horrible. Other thing that I used to always hate, carte blanche, and I still don't like some of it, but I'm beginning to appreciate it for its own sake now, and actually quite like some of it, is con- some country music. Okay. And bluegrass and things like that. Bluegrass, I would distinguish from country, very. Well, so, but I used to just really hate country music, full right. stop, and I used to be repelled by it. I couldn't stand it. Now, I quite like some of it. I quite like some of Dolly Parton's stuff. I think it's fun. I quite like um, some of the... What's it? The Mr. Deep Singer voice? Oh. Ring of Fire, all that. Oh, yeah, I know. All that stuff. You know, I, I quite like it. I, yeah. I'm not repelled by it. I was viscerally repelled. I realised why I was probably repelled by it, because it had the same twanginess about it and the same sort of orchestration that certain Africana music had oh, in right. South Africa, which I always associated with right-wing racism so I always thought well country music is the same sort of thing right. in South Africa there was a, t- a, t- a sort of song called Tiki Dry uh, and that was very much that sort of Afrikaner a folk music-y sort of thing which I really didn't like at all um, I suppose if I revisited that now I wouldn't mind it either now that now all the racism now all enjoy the racism, the racism yeah so, has there been there nothing nothing that you've learned to like girls well, yeah, but that happens to all of us. Well, <laughs> and not that's not all. even true. I, I've always liked no, You girls. always played with the girls in the, go- in the doll's corner and that, didn't you? That's not true, no. You did. You, but I always had well, while all the boys wanted to play beating up and foot footy, no. you played nurses no, with I, the girlies, No, that's not you? true. It I played true. my primary playground game with Spider-Man. I always, I invented Spider-Man. I got to be Spider-Man. But you needed to have Iceman and Firestar, so you needed a boy and a girl to play it. Did you? So, yeah. So, I always, have, I always play with boys and girls together. I wasn't. Yeah, never. I was never in the fighty football crowd. No, obviously. but I was also not sewing and knitting in the corner. Oh, I did go to knitting club. <laughs> you did. I know sewing club at my middle school. Club. We made toys though. We were making cuddly toys, so it cuddly seemed like a good thing. And there were lots of boys there. No, they weren't. They were. I swear they were. <laughs> yes. I found the thing. I made that. I think I finally threw it away because I mean, this it was meant to be a dog or something, but it just looked like this abortion. An aborted dog. It was horrendous. So there's nothing that you you used to not like to eat or. Watch oh no, or loads of things. I you know I, obvious things like Brussels sprouts and and broccoli and all those things that kids hate. And then you, as your palate matures, you start to like. No, them. you know why in particular? Because a, a child's palate. I think it detects things as something like 15, 20 times bitter than they actually are. Because children want to put lots of things in their mouth because they explore things through their their mouth. They go through the oral stage. And because of that, 
they have to be averse to swallowing these things or chewing on these things because right. they would end up poisoning <laughs> yeah. themselves. Yeah. So basically their senses are massively heightened for a while. Okay. So that broccoli to them actually does taste quite bitter and unpleasant. Mm-hmm. And as they get older, they lose that super sense of bitterness. Right. So they learn to like it if yeah, they haven't been enough. repelled. I so actually, it's just physiological. So don't yeah. fr- don't force your baby to eat broccoli because to your baby, it literally does taste very unpleasant. It's not. But just, then, why do some babies like it then? Uh, maybe some babies are disgusting. Ah, uh, could be. So in fact, if your baby enjoys eating broccoli, it's it. probably something wrong with it. Okay. It's a bit. It's <laughs> got. Probably take it to the it's doctor. Got, immediately. It's, got, it's got food blindness. It's very good. I like the way you can, how easily you can scare parents with new babies you can scare me millions of lies so i scare you yeah go on if you if the temperature in judith's room mm. is more than one degree off the the arbitrary figure i'm about to declare she will get cancer okay declare the figure at 21 degrees celsius too much 18 no 18 between ah, eight, actually, you see that's the lie she's got cancer no between eight if I she's know, got cancer no no you, you think you're joking but actually they, they, <laughs> we, we've got this little egg which, oh, I can't believe you felt this No, we were, we, we were given it as a present. That's right. And basically, if it turns blue, it means it's too cold. Uh-huh, if it turns uh-huh. red, it's too hot. Between, Is it the same design between the eight, cavemen used? Between 18 and 21 degrees. I imagine it's lots of children died of SIDS in cavemen. I love the oh. word SIDS. Yeah, it's nice, isn't it? Sudden infant death syndrome. Sudden mm. No, sudden infant death syndrome. Syndrome, yeah. Mm, what is the symptom <laughs> of this syndrome? Let me diagnose this. Did it die She's, quickly? She is quite dead. Yes. <laughs> and it happened quickly, did it? Hmm, I, I think... This is a little bit She's less, suffering from... This is a little bit less pulse than we like. Yes. No, but if, if, if the temperature if is above temperature 21... Blah, 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 if the temperature blah, blah, blah. is above 21 and they're on their tummy and the parents yeah, are working they're, class, they're yeah. more likely to <laughs> die of SIDS. The, on your tummy thing, if you I love this, all parents like, oh, the baby's got to sleep on its back. Does. And, the and back so, to sleep it's, campaign. It's the third night in a row when you haven't had any sleep at all that you'll decide it's actually okay for the baby to sleep on never. its front if that's what Our it prefers. Our baby's never been on her front. And that's what she prefers she, she the back, then that's fine. We forced her to. Many, but no, you didn't. So are you, are you, I'm first. sorry, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I, I do apologise for John's irresponsibility here. Yeah. Uh, the back to sleep campaign yeah. ran throughout the 80s and since people, <laughs> since people, the 90s, and since people have put their children to sleep on back, SIDS has declined extraordinarily by by yeah. 110%. 110%. Babies are going back to life. He died of it since yes. this campaign. No, there has been a very significant uh, uh, decrease in childhood mortality, which you are opposing. Do you, and you don't think there's any other factors could possibly be related to them, which way up your baby sleeps. I can't believe you're, 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 you're partaking of pseudoscience now. What are you talking about? You're it's the pseudoscience. No, oh, it's political correctness. Your... Oh, gone mad. My, my grandfather that... smoked till 80 and he was fine. <laughs> <laughs> How can, can you give last me, week you were saying how much you love Marjorie this week you are <laughs> denying the scientific can evidence you ca- oh no I want some scientific evidence what's the evidence of which way up your baby sleeps depends whether it dies or oh, not God, it's clearly I, I think you need to get yourself sterilised if this is your attitude <laughs> I have some great theories about raising babies by the way go on then uh, for instance um, you know how teas, when babies are newborn yeah. they can swim what did you say about yeah, please <laughs> Watch, watch yourself there, watch young your man. Mouth. Watch your mouth out with a cream tea. <laughs> watch your mouth out with a nice cup with of clotted cream and a cream scone. Yes. No. Uh, okay, gently now. Um, that gentle enough? Yes. 
hell was I talking about? Oh, yes, okay, so you know when babies are born, they can... Um, yeah, there's a reflex to hold their breath. ...swim underwater yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Well, I just wonder what else they can do we haven't found out. So when your baby's newborn, just throw it out an upstairs window. Maybe they can fly. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> yes. Exactly. The potential for babies is extraordinary. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I must apologise for John's irresponsible behaviour today. <laughs> you never reminded... Uh, eight weeks ago, you did not care about this kind of stuff. I, 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 I'm shocked, mortified, and offended. Uh-huh. I'm disgusted to my marrow. <laughs> and I'll be taking our legal proceedings <laughs> at the conclusion of this recording. So you're saying I'm not allowed to throw your baby out an upstairs window? Well, obviously you can. The potential <laughs> you're denying her. Yes. It's horrendous. It's abuse. I'm denying frankly. her her wings. Yes, you are. It's like, and also, when babies are born with tails... How yeah. dare we remove them? Yeah, if you had a small vestigial waggy tail, would you not want to keep it? I, I, it might get in the way. The... It would be very hard to buy trousers that fit. <laughs> yes, exactly. But what, what do you think of the latest photos I showed of you? Of her, uh, of, you? Uh, of me. The yeah. latest photos of me you showed to Judy. <laughs> yeah, I saw her. What do you think of them? I enjoyed her smiling. Yes, smiling is very good. She laughs now as well, which is always nice. Um, mm-hmm. Well, it's slightly alarming because you think she's, she's actually bursting into tears and say, oh no, that's the laughing one. <laughs> right. It's weird because... She clearly, She's been laughing all night long. She clearly doesn't have a sense of humour, so what are they laughing at? She does have a very sophisticated sense <laughs> of humour. Actually, yeah, you do have to dance bouncy, about... Bouncy. No, you have to jump about and make the most ridiculous faces to get her to laugh. Uh, and you have to mm-hmm. work really, really hard. Harder than Noel Edmonds had to on House Party. Good heavens, that's a lot of work. That sort of exuberance and hopping about and... Do you have to kill any elephants to make her laugh? <laughs> you have to do that. <laughs> yes, you have to kill some elephants and then start believing in some weird spirit that <laughs> With makes floaty you... orbs yes, of magic yes. that hang, hang around with you. I don't blame him for Mr Blobby, though, because Mr Blobby was originally a parody. Mm-hmm. And then people started actually believing in him. Yeah, that's right. It was a gotcha parody, Yeah, wasn't it? gotcha Oscars, but we weren't allowed to say Oscars because they sued... Did they? That's yes. good. That's why they stopped being called Gotcha Oscars. The sa- you know the saddest thing about Noel's house party was? Noel's house party. Is that no one accidentally died at any point, making therefore making it stop before it <laughs> ran its course. I didn't actually mind it too much. I know it's a... Oh. Sad. Did you mind what, what was particularly... Just, just a, uh, it was just the, the mediocrity of it. I mean, as a kid, I probably enjoyed yeah. it more, but as it just went on and on and on and on. Yeah, it did overstay its welcome, I suppose. Yeah. There were things about... I mean, it was live... Have you been back and watched any of the videos they're on YouTube of the um, Late Late Breakfast Show stunts? No. Because, of course, famously someone died during rehearsals on a Late Late Breakfast mm. Show stunt. Uh, but th- that, he was the first person to die, something of a miracle. There was one where they got a guy who... Uh, they, the stunt was they had someone who wanted to jump a row of cars uh-huh. in a stunt car. Well, no, you shouldn't. And they did that. They had a whole bunch of people jump... Rows of cars in just regular cars. It wasn't like a specially fitted car or anything. And it's terrifying. And the guy crashes and only just survives. And they cut back to the studio and Noel Evans, white as a ghost, terrified of what's because it's all live. Well, it sounds very avant garde. It sounds wonderful. Yeah, it was very interesting and exciting. And well, you extraordinarily can't do, dangerous. You, you can't do that Good, now. There's so much There's less chance of a man needlessly dying on television. He chose his fate. Do you think so? He's driving over some cars in a normal car with no safety equipment. He chose his fate. Uh, sorry, but you know, nobody forced him to. If Noel Admins had put a gun to his head and threatened to rape his wife and children, <laughs> then I would say, OK, I yeah, agree with okay, you, John. But I don't think even Noel Edmonds did that. Did the elephant choose to die, Nick? Did it? Did the elephant Nelly choose the to elephant die? The elephant chose to die. <laughs> on the way? No. No. no yeah, I agree. The elephant was a step too far. Yeah, that's good. I'm glad better than what, better than, uh, what, uh, what his name did. What's his name? Yes. Oh, yeah. We all agree. Yeah, then uh, Mr. Mr. Edison. Oh, yes. 
Yeah, Mr. Edison electrocuted an elephant to death with mm-hmm. AC to prove how dangerous AC electricity there was. Yeah, he proved it. And I thought that that's a, that's a bit unfair. It's a big thing to kill, isn't it? Well, that, that was his point. That, that was his point, oh, wasn't I see. it? If it can kill an elephant, imagine what it would do to a house slave. Mm. Mm. So, of course. So you know, that's that's I think the worst crime that's been committed: electrocuting an elephant to death to make a point against your competitor's technology. <laughs> He was a horrible man, Mr. Edison. Yeah. So was Henry Ford. Henry Ford was a big anti-Semite, yes. etc. Yeah. They're all pretty nasty. Uh, Walt Disney was a Nazi. Yeah. I mean, are there any, is there anybody nice from the first half of the 20th no, century? No, they're all Nazis, 100% of Yes. Oh, oh, I thought I'd knocked over something, but I haven't. Jeez, can you put the lid on that bottle before you knock it over? No. It's going to make me sad. It will. I will cry if you spill that on my carpet. Shall, we, shall, we, shall I do it? No. See if yeah. It would be awful. So, is there anything, again, that you've enjoyed... Subsequently to hating it. <laughs> That's a very confusing way to ask the question. I don't know, you should have asked me this before so I could have prepared some thoughts. Think, man. Um, uh, well, obviously, it's uh, yes, like har- the harpsichord, oh, no, of course. A harpsichord, banjo. Banjo? I didn't know that was a problem of yours. Well, it's, it's, I think when you first hear the banjo, you just hear it played really badly or really stupid situations. Or, or played by idiot. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like the gormless idiot's instrument, isn't it? Yeah. And then, the exactly. Yokel. It's a yokel instrument. There you go. I'm going to play my banjo. <laughs> exactly. But actually, the banjo is a fantastic instrument. <laughs> even that tune, even what... It's a very good. The War of the Banjo is a very good tune. The War of the Banjo is a fantastic tune. Hmm. Uh, that sort of thing, sorts of different types of music. Uh, I'm still working on opera. That's a thing. Have you seen a live opera? No, I haven't. Oh, I'll take I you. Do. I I'll, like I'll, to. I'll take you to the opera. I want to see the Ring Cycle in full now. No, you don't. Because I, I hate all the Jews. No, you don't want to see. The, you, I want to see all twenty hours of it in a row. Yeah, no, you don't. I, I've seen some of it, but not all in a row. And you don't. Um, it's too long. I will. <laughs> I will recommend actually a first opera. Oh, actually, I'm going to change the subject. I've been no, no, no. A first, a okay, first, cool. first opera. Uh, I think the day before Tori went to labour, she didn't come with, obviously. But <laughs> I, I went to see uh, Carmen, mm-hmm. and that's such a light, frothy. It's almost more like a musical than opera. It was the first right. uh, comedy opera, and it was really well made. And properly, also, the lady who played Carmen was actually pretty and looked like a gypsy, which is the point of it. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't wasn't this looked fat... like a gypsy? Yeah, Carmen. So racist. She she's Carmen the gypsy. Mm-hmm. That's that's the role. <laughs> um, and, she, and there's also it's not just a gypsy. It's the it's the cliche of a gypsy. The whole uh-huh. thing is a cliche gypsy yeah. uh, exoticism. And it was, Does she sell pegs? And it was yes, Good. And, and it was really uh, very entertaining. They had they brought a Does real, she get tax benefits? They brought from horses. The Daily Mail. Horses and donkeys onto the stage. Oh yeah, real ones. Wow, and, real life ones. Yeah, in in in, Co- in Covent Garden, the Royal Opera House, and uh-huh. it was it was just really entertaining. And of course, it's got all the tunes you know, like <laughs> but I hadn't realised how those happy tunes then come out and are tragically played at the end. So it was very good. Mm-hmm. So if, if you if you see this particular production again, go and see it. And I think you'll, I, for the first time, if I'm being honest, I really got what opera was supposed to be okay, doing cool. and that thing I've seen oh another thing I saw was a South African in, in Britain a South African production of the um, Magic Flute mm-hmm. but it was performed by black South African performers on traditional um, African instruments right. uh, they, would, they, would, they would play the uh, they, they, they the backing instruments were things like old xylophones and, and things like that and it was really good as well I enjoyed that um, mm-hmm. so there are ways in 
I wouldn't say all opera's got a lot of opera's a pile of cack, but then so is everything else. Yeah, absolutely. What, 90% yes. you'd say? Yeah, 90% yeah. of opera's probably rubbish. Yeah, yeah. 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 You were changing the subject. I was going to change the subject. When you said too long, you finally reminded me during... Because as, as, I don't know if people actually believe how that we don't do any preparation for this at all. No, we really don't, sadly. <laughs> so I never, never believe it. I never remember during no. the middle of these things. But I want to ask you, I want to interview you okay. about your, your interview for Oxford University. Because mm. I want you to retell the story. Because I, I can only remember, I think I've exaggerated or changed it over yeah. over time since I last heard this about a decade ago. Let me. Let, let, I'll, let, I'll prepare it for the next for the next edition. No, I'll no, I can't. Re- no, because no, because there are certain details where I actually it'd be. We'll never curious. remember. No, 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 that's, no. I promise you, I will. If I promise yeah. you, uh, I, if I cross my heart and hope to die. Okay, I do hope you die too. Okay, <laughs> that I'll do. No, there are, the reason I will because actually I have. Uh, so um, I, I kept. Uh, a diary at the time it was, mm-hmm. was really just a diary for reminding myself to revise for exams and right. things. but I would write certain things and I'll actually go back to it and look and see what I wrote at the time I think it'll okay. be more entertaining and then I'll, I'll bring Excellent. it back yep. so did you revise for exams then? Um, I, yeah the night before thing was well, right. obviously what you would do uh, the bath the bath was a great thing to do oh, yeah? the bath was a very good thing to revise in surely you get, get all your papers soggy well I didn't know you got used to it I I I had a terrible GCSE maths teacher. Right. Uh, and basically he didn't bother teaching because he couldn't control the class. Mm-hmm. In the end we didn't. So I just bought the Let's Revise maths books. Yeah. And, I just, uh, and our normal textbooks. I would just sit in the bath and read them and I would do a chapter a bath. And if I didn't understand the chapter, I would start it again right. in the bath until I was well and truly pickled. Mm-hmm. But I understood the chapter. I'd read my history revision in the bath as well. Thank God for the bath. If it weren't for the bath, <laughs> weren't for the bath, I wouldn't have gotten my. Why results. couldn't you just do that lying on your bed? There's something about the bath. Oh, yeah? Temperature controlled. It's not like it's not as easy to get up and be distracted, is it? Because it's a fact to get out. To get yeah. out and you're all wet and you have to put on a towel. The whatever cold and unpleasant. You want to get back in the bath, so you trap yourself in a fairly nice, yeah. but restricted environment. I think I would recommend that for your next exam. <laughs> Please, may I never have another exam? I was so bad at exams. I didn't do any revision. Well, I imagine you got panic attacks in your exams. I did uh, do my A levels. I did yes. Um, I remember having uh, a, trying to do a maths. When I retook my A levels, mm. trying to do my maths uh, statistics exam, where I couldn't control. I was having a migraine so severe I couldn't control the pencil and the ruler at the same time to draw a graph. It was really bizarre, and I still beat some of the people in my class. Uh, excellent. That's what it's like at a at a tech college retake class. Oh right. Oh, yeah. I was that was really demonstrated my brilliance. I, I mean, I never particularly enjoyed exams, but there is an exception to that. Recently, when I did my Open University Latin exams, I really looked forward to them and I enjoyed oh, yeah. them because I think when you have when you feel confident that you've revised everything you need to revise, and because I did revise the Latin exam, and I wrote a little computer program to help me with the vocabulary and that, mm-hmm. and it was a program which wouldn't let me get things wrong. Right. Because what, what it would do is... Electrocute you. No, well, almost, because what would happen was, uh, 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 and I'll let anybody once no, because they won't, it runs in the shell, so it'll be too complicated, but basically what it does is, let's say you've got 100 vocabulary words that you need to learn mm-hmm. okay and it's just a text file so it's you know it, it would say something like puer equals boy and or whatever and puerla equals girl and you'd have a hundred of these and i'd also have my all my verbs in there like i'd say i see video um he, he, uh, you see we des and things like that so you'd mm-hmm. have to get you know so, so, so i pretty much pumped everything into that format somehow so that all the vocabulary, all the grammar, and all everything, and about maybe in the end, thousand different 
questions, if you like. And I would maybe do 20, at, I'd tell it to select 20 at a time out of these randomly. And I, what, I would, what the program did is it would ask me, mm-hmm. and I'd type in the response. And if I got the response correct, it would exclude it from the pile, and then I'd have 19 left and 18 left and so on. Right, okay. However, if I got it wrong, then it would random, then it would insert that question again three more times. Right. So that, uh, let's say I got it wrong, and say, okay, and then within the random, so, so, so let's say I got it wrong, I'd suddenly have 23 questions to answer. Right. I'd then get others right. So in the end, and then if I, if in, during those three, I'd also make it ask only, not, it was randomized, but biased towards asking a bit later. Mm-hmm. So I'd have forgotten the immediate way I got it okay, wrong. Yeah. Uh, so that if I got it wrong the second time, it would then re-inject another three mm-hmm. askings until eventually... As you can see how it would work, eventually I would yeah. get the three right and then it would be struck off. Yeah. So eventually it kind of forces you, by the time you've gone through all the original 21s, you're guaranteed to have, have remembered them. Yeah. Because the point is that you're, you've, you've gone through it three times, sufficiently spaced out so that it's gone into your, in, it's not just in your short-term memory. Yeah, yeah. It's not necessarily in your long-term memory yet, but it's certainly into your intermediate memory. And you won't make the same mistake twice. Because if you do, it'll ask you another three questions, yeah. and you're not going to do it again and again and again. Because at the end of the at the end of the thing, it'll ask, and sometimes it would do this. Like if I really was stupid about some particular question, I get everything right, and I suddenly have six left of just that, just right. the one question. Saying, "How do you say I see video? How do you say I see video? <laughs> How do you say I see?" Yeah, I get it, but you'd have to do it, and then finally you conclude it. So by the end of it, after after having done this for about a week, uh, you know, uh, our an, an hour or two a day for a week. Mm-hmm. I was pretty certain that I had everything that I needed, and indeed, when I got into the exam, they were, I had everything, and it was it was really and uh, and I felt really confident. So I think there are ways of making yourself feeling confident for an exam, but if you're not, then of course it's a scary thing. You have I those cliche dreams, don't you? Oh yeah, I spent a chemistry exam once. Um, I had a graphics calculator that at the time had four megabytes of memory. I doubt it. Probably I can't four, imagine. Four kilobytes. I don't know, megabytes. No. It was megabytes. No. It wasn't because you could program all sorts of stuff into it. It wasn't four megabytes, I'm telling John. telling you it was. John, it wasn't four megabytes. At that time, uh, your average PC had four megabytes. No, of, not of memory. Your average PC had about 200 at that time. This calculator had four. No, it didn't. It, it did, did not have four megabytes of RAM. Jonathan, it did not. <laughs> anyway, the point was... Do you have it here? No. Well, gone. you're a liar. Uh, what what day? What 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 year? This would be ninety six. Maybe. Mm. Yeah, it would be. Anyway, so what yeah, you... just about. Yeah, but still, thanks. still no. Thanks. Windows ninety five people were saying, oh, you can cope with four, but you should really have eight meg of RAM in your PC. Yeah, but don't forget, this calculator wasn't using it as to. to it was a. It was you could use it as storage. storage. Anyway. It's not RAM really. Then. Well, I know. But anyway, it had space. So what you could do was you could plot graphs. And then what we discovered you could do, we could write little programs for it as well, little bits yeah. of machine code. So we made uh, little games we could play on them and stuff. But in one chemistry exam, I spent the whole exam, I looked through the paper, realised I knew none of the answers. And so I spent the exam plotting a graph that meant it drew a train on the screen and it had wheels and a ton and oh, chimneys. And, and at the end, smoke came out of the chimney. I had it draw in the right order, so smoke came out. And that, and that apparently I couldn't hand that in at the end of the exam for any marks. Well, that's a pity. Yeah. Oh dear, but as yeah. I said, that didn't, that didn't count towards... That didn't count towards my chemistry A-level, no. Chemistry A-level practical was the worst because if you got one step of the practical wrong, yeah. like the silver mirror test, and which is very difficult to produce the silver mirror, I can't remember exactly what you were testing for, um, but 
the point was that if you, if you produced a bit of silver mirror on the bottom of your test tube, that meant that this was this particular chemical, mm-hmm. which meant that you would then react with yes, that and should yeah. then do this and then do yeah. that. But if you got that one test wrong, then the yeah. huge chain of the rest of your practical fell apart. Mm-hmm. So like, as you would say, like a badly designed adventure game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and... I think I did. I got it wrong, and it didn't work properly, and so I screwed that up. Completely. And that's really frustrating. The same, the same applied to the written exams in chemistry that you would have. Here's a benzene molecule of that you've never. Seen no, that's before. fine because it doesn't mean ca- no, 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 handedness won't no, no, make no, no, you listen. lose that. Well, and then it said, um, or or a or, or a contaminated test. Tube. So they're saying that you then do these things to it. What happens next? And then one mark. And then you do this. What happens next? Two marks. And you do this. One mark. And if you get the first question wrong, you it's impossible to get any other marks on that. Yeah, question. but that is just your fault. Well, sure. As opposed it, to just the luck you, of, of, of receiving if, a bad test tube. I draw. still think that if you get the correct conversion from stage two to three, based on what you had at stage two, you should get the mark. If it, but you didn't. No. You, you would lose no, it. Anyway. I think that's a good lesson, that one. <laughs> well, it's a lesson I never learned and failed my chemistry A-level twice in a row. So. Well, you shouldn't have. I know, I wish I did better. I just not a good bizarrely biology, which I also did very badly at I um I still remember most of it now. Do you like biology? I love biology, yeah. No, I preferred chemistry to biology. Oh awful, I hate chemistry. Chemistry there's no pattern or logic to it. Biology at least I could apply What it. are you on about? The beauty of chemistry was the unbelievable plethora of patterns. Oh, there were no patterns. Not to Oh yes, of what course. What reagents and smells. Yeah, the period of the magic. Yeah, yeah, the periodic table, of course. The periodic table, there's no patterns of there. Of course there's a collection of extraordinary patterns. I'm talking about oh, you reagents and smells and colours which are just random Mr. guessing. Mr. Walker, you talk nonsense. I'm telling you. Whereas biology has flame, things like the Krebs the, okay, cycle the, 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 and photosynthesis. And yeah, there are no cycles in, in chemistry. The flame test. Right. What colour indicated copper? Exactly, I don't know. Okay, it was just random. What colour indicated copper? Probably green. Correct. What colour indicated sodium? A sodium, I don't know. No idea. What colour are the awful street lights called sodium lights? Orange? Yeah. Okay. There you go. But just again, it's just random. Miles. It's just randomly remembering it's a colour. There's, no, actual, ra- yes, there's no pattern to that. There's no way of discerning. Well, oh, it's well, yes, there is. If you actually calculated uh, the frequency of okay, fre- uh, quantum that. frequencies yeah, of the that. electrons as they are returning yeah. their photons, you would work out. I was an idiot. <laughs> you were. That was my problem. You should have just brought you know a got, spectrum analyzer. Do you remember my, when I got my A-level results? Yeah. Do you remember what they were? Sort of N, N, F or something. Two N's and an E. Slightly better Close. than you remembered. Yeah. You were really rubbish. I was. I was wider than that. Oh my god! I've befriended a thicko. <laughs> Which I think, in fairness, you know, I've I've since gone on to get a first class honors degree. Yeah, but that's anyway. from Landover Baptist University. <laughs> it was from Landover Baptist. But you know, I've, I've demonstrated I'm reasonably into academic. So what was wrong with you? Maybe your brain wasn't working yet. I just wasn't. I didn't do any work. I think that's probably well. That is an issue, but yeah. no, but an intelligent person should. Nobody seen work. an intelligent person should be able to get through things without doing any work or some things. You should have gotten a C or a B or something. But yeah, I got a C in general studies. I just don't understand that because I just answered all the questions. They weren't difficult. Dexter would get a B. <laughs> I know. I reckon they were picking on me at that point. Yes. You did general studies. We I thought only, I thought only Northerners did that. No, no, we were forced to do it. That's ridiculous. It's an absolute general general studies lessons. With I hope that lots of people who are in do about to take their A levels in a couple of months are enjoying this. Um, general studies lessons were um, surely they've abolished it. That con. I don't think so annoyed when I think. Oh, I got four A levels. Really? What yeah. Really. What general studies? Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah, well, you did a multiple C. choice. You did a multiple choice current affairs quiz. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A levels, did you? But the best thing was that they were t- determined that they had to have lessons for this. So I remember shouting at teachers. General. Going, You're 
you're going to teach us all of knowledge ever. Is that yeah. your plan? And so they break it down into six week chunks. We do six weeks of, of French and then six weeks of home economics <laughs> and then six weeks. And we did six weeks of English literature and we were taught by a teacher called Mrs. I want to say Mrs. Brown, but I think that's wrong. Green. Let's call her Mrs. Brown and then, you know, all yeah. Mrs. Browns out there can feel uh, unfairly Dirty. sullied. Um, and she taught, she was teaching us English and she said, English literature, and she said, put your hand up if. To, if you want to tell me a famous, important, an important, significant author. Okay. Um, and my friend Tom put his hand up and said H.G. Wells. Uh-huh. And she went, she was very upset about that. She didn't what? like that because he wasn't proper, he wasn't important because he just wrote science fiction. But he was important. She very he was, reluctant. He was very significant. The yeah. pioneer of entire genre. Know, yeah. She very reluctant to put his name down. And then I put my hand up and said C.S. Lewis. And yes. she went, no. What do you mean She no? said no. Why do you mean no? He's a children's author. Yeah, he wrote so, children's books. Yes, but he wasn't and involved. I went, I, I'd written my GCSE uh, um, literary study thing on uh, Out of the Silent Planet, which is by C.S. Lewis and certainly not a children's book. Um, but so I don't I, even know what's the relevance of saying he's a children. I know important, like, as if something would be wrong. Important with, authors, yeah, like J.K. Rowling wouldn't be an important author, not necessarily a good author, but not, uh, yes, or, author. Or, or Lewis Carroll, not important. Oh yeah, non. So I went to my local library, Guildford Library, and celebrate the joy of Guildford Library. Because mm. I went in there up to the second floor to the information desk. Yeah. Um, and I went to the, the nice man behind the counter and I said, my English teacher just told me when I said that C.S. Lewis was a significant author. She said that he wasn't because he just wrote children's books. And the guy jumped out of his chair, flew around the thing, and started rushing around the library like a whirlwind, grabbing books or shelves. He pulled off this ancient tome, this beautiful hardback book, which was he described as one of the definitive guides to English grammar, written by C.S. Lewis. And his great name was photocopying all the index pages, contents pages, and intro pages. And he gave me this for free. He gave me this wad of of pages of information on why C.S. Lewis is one of the more significant authors of the 20th century, and which I just poked in her pigeonhole that, that, the next day, and she never spoke to me again. I can, uh, that's a good story, and I'm glad you did it. But uh-huh. I can top trump you. On, I can do. top trump you on putting a teacher in their place. Okay, please one. do. <laughs> and this, uh, and this, this is. Uh, I don't think I've told it yet, uh, but I think uh, others who know me know this little story. Mm-hmm. Um, in South Africa, I think I must have been around eleven. Uh, and our English teacher, whom I actually quite liked at that yeah. stage, but she, somebody was somebody made was making a noise in the class when her back was turned to the class, and she couldn't tell who it was. So she did the typical teaching. Yeah. She turned around and said, "Unless you admit who you are, all of humanity is going to be held in the yeah, break. The whole, the whole. Cl- I'm going to punish the whole class." Yeah. And they didn't admit. And she said, "Right, well, you've all got to turn up for detention tomorrow." Mm-hmm. And of course. I was outraged by this, but more than outraged, I remember my parents had told me about, because they're both lawyers, yeah. and they explained how the law had been formed and where it had come from and the various legal systems, and I, I knew there was this phrase called natural justice, mm-hmm. uh, which dealt with principles of justice and, of course, collective punishment was one right. was against natural justice. Uh-huh. So. I went to my dad's study <laughs> yeah. uh, that, that, that night. I, remember I, I, told, I told my friend I would do this. Yeah. His name was Tavi at the time. And I said, look, will, will you, I'm going to write her a letter. Mm-hmm. Will you co-sign the letter? <laughs> <laughs> and I went into the study. And I've got the book off my dad's shelf called... The, it was called The Law of Delicts, which was right. a specific study of these, these basic principles of the law. And I, and I read 
through it and it, you know, it, was, a, it was a legal book so quite heavy going yeah. but I found the bit where it actually uh, it, it talks about um, collective punishment being against the principles of natural justice and mm-hmm. so on and I wrote a letter I said what was I've forgotten what her name was dear missus whoever it was um, and I, I said yesterday in class you said you punched the whole class for the actions of one I, I'm sorry to tell you <laughs> that you actually committed a criminal offence <laughs> I said, I'm sure you didn't mean to, but I, 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 and then I quoted from the law. Mm-hmm. I said, here, here is what you did. So I, I said, I'm sure you didn't mean to, but of course, now that I've, I've, I've informed you of it, you um, will no doubt um, withdraw the punishment. Yeah. Your, uh, I remember we we learned how to write this. I think that is probably your sincere. Yeah. It can say that. If I'm, I remember my friend even said, I said, yeah, finally, you've said you'd do something and you would do it, he said in the morning. So he signed it, and right. I, I signed it, and um, I had delivered the note, the, the letter to her. And I love that. It was like a, I, I regret to inform you sort of letter. <laughs> and how, how, how would a secure teacher respond to that? I think a secure teacher would probably praise you for the effort. Uh, she completely flew off the handle, uh-huh. uh, sent me to the the deputy headmaster right. who then caned both of us. <gasps> you did, you, what did you say your friend's name was? Tavi, T-A-V-I. So you were, it sounds like you were at school in the Nini Blyton. <laughs> no. right in South Africa, their schools were stuck in the 50s, yeah. Right. And he kind of said, I can see what you're trying to do there, but you really... You you can't just say that to an adult. So you can imagine what this did to my sense of justice. Yes, <laughs> my I, I was utterly indignant. Of course, you were punished for applying the law. Or beaten you were for applying beaten. the law. This was the same teacher who said it was a pity that Nelson Mandela hadn't been killed. I remember. Oh, sweetheart teacher then. <laughs> it was lovely. His name was Mr. Carp. Mm-hmm. Anybody remember him? He was really. Oh, also, he theory of evolution is just a theory. I mean, he was really. I don't know if you say just he, a theory. He was, he, was a, he was the full gamut of unpleasantness. Okay, just a theory. Like yeah. a theory isn't enough. No. <laughs> well, there was a man called Mr. Connor who came from Scotland, mm-hmm. no doubt because he'd been kicked out of the English <laughs> right. teaching system, who used to go around. He, he named his uh, stick, uh, his beating stick, I don't remember what he called it, but yeah. uh, McGregor or something. <laughs> right. He'd just go around hitting people for no reason at all. Wow. But people really liked him. That was the interesting thing. It didn't. It really. I mean, I'm not going to say I didn't do anyone harm, but it was interesting. Yeah. The, the intent was a very important thing. I mean, the fact that this man was so free and easy within it, it was almost like a musical <laughs> instrument. <laughs> uh, it, it didn't seem to matter. Whereas wow. Mr. Cart was quite sinister when he did it. So, so there you are. It's an, I never got caned at school. No, not being over a hundred years old. No. Oh well, you you missed. Yeah. You missed it. It was. It was I like, sure missed out. It was. It, I found it very useful because you did learn. You learnt um, that adults were not necessarily not necessarily correct and not necessarily mm-hmm. to be trusted. Right. It was a good lesson to learn that, in yeah. fact, adults were irrational and could be quite dangerous people. Mm-hmm. So you learnt not to have blind trust in authority. So if you want to teach a child not to respect or have blind trust in authority and to realise how weak and feeble and ultimately insecure authorities are then kind of cane them because I think right. it's a very good way of teaching <laughs> so all children should be caned did they cane your backside or your hand backside of course oh wow you didn't have to take down your trousers there. that would be ridiculous <laughs> you have to lie on their lap <laughs> <laughs> no yes no the backside yes oh my goodness I can't imagine being okay with it as an adult that's the thing that confuses me 
I'm not sure my parents thought of that at the time. I mean, they were outraged that that I was punished for this because oh, yeah. they thought it was a perfectly good thing. I mean, the I remember the the only other equivalent thing I'd done was when I was a well, it's equivalent only in the audaciousness of it. In that, um, when I was six, we went to visit the Statue of Liberty, mm-hmm. hundred thousands of people, and my parents were, were there in the crowd. And then they said, "Okay, well, it's far too crowded. There's no way we're going to make it to the top. We we kind of seen the, the bottom of the museum." Said, "Well, let's go now." And then I think my brother was complaining of something, so to take him to the loo, he was two mm-hmm. or three. And so I were instead of waiting, I said, "Well, I said, well, I'm just going up the Statue of Liberty." So they didn't really believe me, but I then left and. <laughs> <laughs> went up and I was behind this huge crowd of people uh-huh. uh, you know thousands of people and it took about three or f- maybe no maybe five hours to get up because you had to walk one step at a time very slowly right. and you know and there was a there were remember there were ladies in, uh, in front of me singing glory hallelujah and all that kind <laughs> of things they were got so patriotic and I remember I said I, I remember thinking if I don't do this now chances are I'll never do do it which was right. an interesting thing to think at six but yeah. I, I still remember <laughs> thinking that yeah and, and and then sort of six hours later, I came down again. It was my parents who were police. Well, what the hell? I, said, I, I told you I was going up the statue. Yeah. I didn't think that you'd actually do it without, you know, that you'd actually go off and do it. But uh, list, you know, the, like the last ferry was leaving, and that's I said, no. But I just said, no. Look, I'm not. Whatever. It's just nonsense. I, I'm going up this mm-hmm. now. Sort of bloody mindedness, which I think more people should have. So, um, so you're precocious at six. As well. Yeah. So there, those are my two most precocious things I did. Excellent. Both of which are, are good things. I mean, I, I didn't kill a cat or anything like that. I'm, yeah, that's unlike nice you. Yeah. Unlike me, I killed a cat, did I? Yeah. I imagine you stuck a firework up its bottom or something. No, like I never did anything thing. like that no. or something. No. Were you a good boy? I was quite a nice kid, yeah. Were you? Yeah, I was. Nick's miming something. I don't <laughs> see, understand see, what mime, it means. Mime, mime me. Okay, I'm miming you with my mouth. 41. <laughs> that means you've only got two minutes left? Well, you, you push it to four or five. 44. Who's your favourite teacher ever? Oh, that's a difficult one because I, I generally hated so many teachers oh, really? and had such contempt for most of them that the, well, the general cumulonimbus cloud... The 1930s boarding school <laughs> that you went to school in. <laughs> no, there were some good ones there, but who was my favourite teacher ever? Which teacher did I... I enjoyed art, so I suppose I liked the art teacher. Yeah. Uh, but who was my favourite teacher I'll tell you who my favourite teacher was. Did I don't know. I, no, I, I think I have... I don't think any teacher was good enough to be a favourite. Okay. I had a teacher, Mrs Cullum, who was an English, G- mm. English GCSE teacher. And she wasn't anything... She didn't inspire us in any particular way. She was just a genuinely decent person in, right. a, in a system of a lot of not very decent teachers. Um, and she gave us freedom, and that's what I most liked, liked about Mrs Cullum, which genuinely mm. did inspire us. So I remember Greg and I, my friend Greg and I being told... You know, with one project we were given... Greg just, and me... I don't care. Um, I don't care puzzling that one out. It's too difficult. So she would she would assign gave us an assignment which was to write a story, write a fiction story, um, and that was it. There was that, no... that, you don't say that's I told. You say that's me oh. told. Actually, you should um, say that's I. That, let me think about this. No, that's what I said. It's going to be too long and boring for the nice that, people. To that is to. I. It should be that is I because it's the nominative predicative. <sighs> but if you say that is I told. Maybe it is that is I think it is that is I told no or is it that's me oh because the told oh no I told help so me right I knew uh, this one was not worth digging <laughs> and she just just write a story basically and half the class went oh 
do you mean write a story? And because uh, they didn't like the lack of instructions, but Greg and I thought this was brilliant, and I wrote 10, as you should have. I wrote ten thousand words. Good for my story. And she Greg thought, wrote fifteen thousand. Oh, she did. She saw these wads of survival that rolled her eyes. She was brilliant. She was very short, and so when she was telling off, my friend Greg was very tall. He was about six five by this point. No, he wasn't. Uh, he's six, well, six five now. It's probably about six three at this point. About um, five eight. No, and so uh, it, when we went, but I was only I was like five ten or whatever. And, but she was short; she must have been about five foot. And so she would, when she would tell us off, what we would do is gradually stand higher, more and more on our toes. So as she was telling off, we get higher and higher. So she did have to keep having her head back, and it would always make her laugh, which make is brilliant. Laugh. Make her laugh. Which is brilliant. So we could always control how cross she got with us <laughs> by, by standing on tiptoes, and that was great. It's, it's, sh- it's interesting to think back how bad most teachers were. Yeah, no matter yeah. what an important job it is. Yeah, I, I, I know your mum's a teacher, but well, I know many teachers now I'm friends with who really passionately care. So there are a number of them there, but but when you think about, they know, they know their staff. Their, their colleagues there are as so well. many terrible teachers, mm. and we need. We I think we need to be a little bit less sentimental. We need some sort of quality control on the system. A very ravaging sort of quality control. You're a rubbish teacher. Get out now. Because yeah, and there is no system. Too to much. Do that. The problem is they do too much damage in their position. It's for that much. for that not to be unsentimental. I know there are. You know, the NUT really does try to, and other unions do try to give to bend over backwards to ensure their teachers aren't dealt with and aren't mm-hmm. uh, chastised. But it isn't just a normal job. It is so important that you yeah. can't because there are so, most parents are such rubbish that they're the last hope. And when they turn out to be rubbish as well, you're really in trouble. So it's why I think it's good to celebrate the good ones. We had a teacher called Mr. Rutland, a physics teacher. He was also the ambassador to Bhutan. <laughs> really? Um, yeah, really. Uh, which was always strange. He was the personal tutor, to, personal tutor to the king of Bhutan. Then he moved over to the UK and became a teacher here. And um, was, was ambassador as well. And so what did you say? Did you used to bring in, in pyramids of Ferrero Rocher? Sadly not. Ambassador, with this Rocher, you're spoiling us. But he was always, he was a fantastic uh, liar as well. So we were never, apparently... The what, a musical instrument? No, sadly not. Uh. Um, he convinced, he boasted to us, well, he, he was our GCSE teacher, and he boasted to us once that he, the year seven class he just had, he'd managed to convince them that they live on the inside of the earth. He said, to be amazed how far you can take that argument, because he fa- basically he'd found out they had geography next. Right. So he thought it'd be fun to teach them they live on the inside of the earth, and then got them to go and tell the geography teachers about this. Had oh. them all convinced. Oh my goodness. It was the kind of thing he would do for to entertain himself. He was fantastic. He was a really clever man. Um, very imaginative, very inventive. Hmm. Extremely silly. He, um, he, in a th- he told us a story in his first week at the school. He managed to blow out the power supply to the village the school was in by uh, re- demonstrating the importance of a fuse hmm. by replacing it with a nail. <laughs> just blow up the power to the school. Well, that's good. Which is impressive. Yes, it is. He um he taught us that uh, oxygen's come from another planet where oxygen is heavier than the rest of air. Sorry, elephants come from another planet. Oxygen's heavier than the rest of air. And that's why they have the long trunks, so they could scoop the oxygen up from the ground. <laughs> but bear in mind, we were fifteen, sixteen by this point, so we, we knew that was yes. lying. Obviously. Oh goodness! Yes. But the, I think the, my favourite was. Wouldn't the, it be sad if he were found out to have had to have had some scones? No, and it never, it's certainly not the case. No, but I'm saying, wouldn't it be, oh, I'm, it'd be I'm tragic? You, wouldn't it be sad? Because you have these, you hear these stories where people have, yeah. oh, he's such a wonderful teacher. It's so sad when you later were found no, out to have fiddled. Quite, you know that sort yeah, of yeah, that sort of story which you keep hearing. Oh yeah, we had one of those teachers. You did, but, yes. Uh, no, but I was cel- I want to just celebrate. No, but, well, yeah, one of those teachers, but he was uh, he was awful at the time. Yeah. So it's like not not like anybody. Yes, not like anybody knew. <laughs> you know, you always wondered why people. Come on, boys, go go into the showers. Yeah, Mr. Myers used to make sure we all showered after gym. 
worried about, uh, yes. actually. We're old men here. No, some of us are and some of us aren't. That's the problem. But I'm being positive about Mr. Rutland. I want to tell this story. He, d- he, briefly, he wasn't one of these, though. He wasn't, as by far, no, me- no, by no means. He um, taught mm. uh, Archimedes' principle by... It, those, all by the... forcing you all to get in a bath. You <laughs> see, no, I'm not sure. Come on, boys, let's all get in the Take your clothes, because that'll... <laughs> no. it was, where, where, all the time you were at the school, you'd always wonder why there was this tin bath outside one of the physics labs oh, right, on yeah. the grass. And you'd eventually find out if you were taught by him. And uh, he got Alistair, my, uh, uh, my friend Alistair, and he got me because our parents both taught at the school. Um, and I was fat and Alistair was thin. Um, <laughs> so that's why he used us. And we that's got lovely. into this bath and displaced, we, in our clothes, and displaced water. So we actually, we learned it very... But in your clothes? We, we, we were told to bring in... Uh, you know, Galoshes. Tim, t- gym clothes or something to wear for all this right. experiment. But, no, but he, he once just, just built a thermistor for us. And he was explaining how to do this. And he, oh, said, yes. he said, John Walker, come here, I know your mother. And he, made, he told me to open my mouth and lift up my tongue so he could take my temperature with a thermistor. Which, of course, has an electric current running oh, through it. Yes. Stuck it under my tongue and electrocuted me in my mouth. Oh, they don't <laughs> Which was astonishing. They don't make teachers like that anymore. And to which they? I replied, Mr. Rutland, you get! At the top of my voice. And he was one of the most feared teachers in the schools, I should say. And the whole class went... <gasps> and then he laughed and everyone went... Oh. But he had electrocuted me in my yes. mouth. So I think at that point... I was perhaps in the right to shout at him that he was a git. Yes. He was He was absolutely brilliant teacher. Mr. Rutland. Mr. Rutland, we celebrate. Mike Rutland. Um, I think he now lives half his time here and half in Bhutan. Right, Mr. Rutland. Yeah. So we can celebrate Mr. Rutland and St. Yes. George's Day. <laughs> That's not St. St. Rutland's Day. St. Rutland. That's what we shout. I want St. Rutland's St. Day. St. Rutland's Cross. Excellent. And he often was, from what you say. Yes, oh, he invented microlines. That's you know, remember gra- one millimetre graph paper? Yes. You, you have to write one letter per square. Oh. That was his punishment. Good. Yes. Very effective punishment, microlines. Ten lines at the end of this podcast from you, Mr. Walker. <laughs> Ten lines. <laughs> that doesn't <sound> very impressive. <laughs> yeah, so Ten lines. hundred lines. Yes. Right, if you should stop Bye-bye. our reminiscing. Bye-bye. <laughs>